Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, you've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece of the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks, everybody, for being with us this evening. We are so glad to have you here. I just want to make sure that you um, take a little bit of time. You can go to iworkforhim.com and check out the Awaken Podcast Network. Uh, This is a place where you can find all kinds of podcasts that will speak into you, um, into maybe an area that you work, or you find a personality that you really connect with that is talking about connecting their faith and their work. And that's what the Awaken Podcast Network is all about. And I'll make sure that we put that in the link, Jim. Yeah, let's make sure we do that. You know, as we travel the country and gather stories from all 50 states, rarely do we circle back and gather a story from our own home home territory of Fort Myers and Naples, Florida. Just recently, the National Christian Foundation of Southwest Florida held a launch party for the Naples Fort Myers office. And we had the opportunity to meet and hear from an amazing ministry in our backyard. Hope for kids. Southwest Florida. Jeannie Goronsky is a director and her story is nothing short of miraculous. God placed her in this work with a calling to help foster families and kids in the foster system in ways that can only be described as Christian charity transforming the community. Let's hear from Jeannie herself. Jeannie Goronsky, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim and Martha. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. It's our pleasure. All right. Listen, we're going to talk about how you connect your faith in your work and what it feels like. But first, we always start off with a first-time guest. Why did you become a Jesus follower? I grew up in a Christian household. I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was seven years old. Um, But it was not really until the night my first daughter was born, which was about 30 years ago, that I looked at this little baby and thought, I want to do this really well. And that is not going to happen unless I totally give my life to the Lord and uh, follow God's plan for me. So that was really the night it all started. Mm. Wow, that's so amazing. Um, I think a lot of people can probably relate to the the weight <laughs> of you know having that new child um, and not knowing necessarily how to do that well. The weight and, of motherhood never bothered me. Okay, maybe father. <laughs> the weight of fatherhood might have bothered me. Greatly. So that's awesome. So tell um, all of us what it is that you do. What is your work at Hope for Kids? Certainly. So the very short part of it is we provide for the needs of children that are in foster care. Um, But in that, we work with um, families that have been investigated by DCF because maybe there are some concerns. And while the children are not being abused, it would be what we would consider maybe neglected. So the family is short on resources and help uh, to be a really successful family. And so we provide uh, those things for those families. Mostly uh, our interest is providing uh, mentorship and friendship and getting to know the families personally so that we're not just helping one time and watching the family continue to struggle. Now, is this your long-term plan, your call of all your life? This is what you always set out to do? No, I did always like helping people, people that I felt maybe were less fortunate than I was. Um, But truthfully, we started eight years ago and it was a food pantry. And we just wanted to make sure that families were eating that fell in gaps. Um, And God just kept moving and bringing new things to our attention and one of them was the foster care crisis. 
Mm. What do you mean a foster care crisis? Sorry, Martha, were you going to ask that yeah, question? Yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> so uh, here in Southwest Florida, which is made up of the District 20 is made up of five different counties. We generally, I just checked the number tonight before I came on for last month was reported 2,230 children in foster care. Mm. So that just for these five counties. So that number kind of fluctuates between 2,200 and 2,600, depending on uh, life in general. And so there's not enough foster parents. It's a system that's overloaded. Um, it's, it's great people trying to make things better, but it's also a government system. And so if you can't be a foster parent, there are certainly lots of ways to help and support the families that are the foster parents and to help and support the children so that we're giving them the ability to become successful um, in life. So the crisis part of it is that there's just such a huge need for it yes. and maybe not enough homes um, for, to f help fill that need, right? So, Correct. You, you know, I think it's really important that we um, say something here because we heard your story, you know, and a little bit about Hope for Kids at the um, event that we were at a couple weeks ago when we first met you. And um, it is amazing what you guys are doing. But I also want to make sure that the listeners and the watchers get the, the point that we're talking about your workplace. Like this isn't just to talk about what amazing things Hope for Kids does. And I want to talk about that and fostering. But you have a very unique um, perspective on your work. And, and I think that that's one of the things I want to make sure our listeners hear. So talk about that, like why you, how, how your faith plays a role in what you do every day? Well, I think uh, for me, let me just start with a story of when we first started. We met a girl who, um, who actually had a child that was killed and her husband and her mother and her best friend were in jail for the death of that child. Mm. And uh, it, it was not a story I was expecting to hear, but as she started speaking, I could not really think about like where I should go, what direction we should go in this conversation. And I'm praying while she's talking. And so the only thing that I could come out with was, where is God in this for you? And so she said to me, I think that there's a God that exists, but I don't know anything about him, but you guys seem to know who he is. And so maybe that's why I'm here. And that kind of, that was very early on in what we did. And that was very foundational when I realized that um, there are so many, she's, she's like 30 at the time. So there's like so many young people who have no exposure to even who God is, let alone the gospel. And um, so it just kind of takes over every part of everything that we're doing there. Every family is just so different and so unique um, in their needs and their background and where they are in life. And so this is our back door. I think I shared this. This is kind of our back door thing that we don't tell everybody, but our desire is that we would not hand you a can of corn and watch you walk into hell for eternity. Mm. You need to know who God is and you need to know that he created you and there's a relationship available to you. And so what we're doing all day long in many different ways supplying needs, paying bills, friendships, mentorships, connections with the families, all is geared towards directing them into a relationship with the Lord. So we're talking tonight with Jeannie Garonski. She is the executive director from Hope for Kids in Southwest Florida. Am I saying your last name right, Jeannie? You are. Okay, yeah. good. Phew. Okay, you can check out Jeannie <laughs> online, Hope, S-F-S-W-F-L, Southwest Florida, Hope, 
SWFL.com uh, dot org. Wow. Okay, let me just start all again. Uh, even though this is already live, I got to org. Hey, I work for him, listeners. Check us out on Twitter for the latest feed and links to amazing kingdom conversations at I Work For Him Radio. Jeannie, we're so excited to have you here sharing the stories of what you've got going on and the ministries you're having. You're you're getting exposed to families that, that I mean, you're getting exposed to kids that desperately need a mom and a dad, and mom and dad are struggling in one way or another. And you're and so there's foster families kind of. They're, they're pinch hitting and they're coming in trying to take care of these kids. But yet those foster families, a lot of times they get notified an hour ahead of time. Hey, you're going to get this kid. And these kids often come with everything they own in the entire world in a garbage bag, as you told us. Correct. If, if they even have that, honestly, yeah. I mean, I, it's a very blanket statement to say they come with nothing, but I'd pretty much bet the farm that 99.9% of them come with nothing. So we, and then we also work with a really great other organization in Cape Coral called Donate for Kids. And so we provide immediately things that you would need for a child that are age appropriate. And that could be diapers up to regular hygiene items if you're um, a teenager and, and everything in between. And so I just had a case manager in the store today who had a family with three children in it. Everybody has nothing. They need shoes. And so I just gave her gift cards and sent text me a receipt when you're done. Um, and so it's it's getting all those things immediately to the foster parents. Let me just say one thing about foster families. We did a project this year when COVID hit and we uh, had a great donor that gave us a very generous gift for computers. And so there were 37 foster families that needed computers who were caring for 226 children. I can't tell you, I read that list over and over, I walked away. I came back and recounted like 10 times. So it's 6.4 children in each family. Mm. So, and I, I really think that is, they see that they're a great foster family. And so like, here's another child to love here. Like we can depend on you. And so yes, the foster families get some funding, but you have to think it generally just covers feeding the kids. It doesn't cover anything else. Um, and so that's, those are the things that we do. We help those families with all those necessities at any stage. You know, and I want to dig in a little bit further. Um, we have a lot of people that are probably watching or going to listen to this that may not be in the Fort Myers, Naples area. How do they find something similar in their own area? Because, you know, the minute you start hearing about kids with needs, people want to get involved. People want right. to help. And they may not know how to even start um, looking for ways to help. And and so give them a little tip or a little pointer there. Sure. Just a sur- on the search engine would be the, the best thing. You know, um, foster family support groups. Look for foster family support groups. Mm. Find somebody that is a foster parent and then ask. Foster parents are incredible people. They don't want to say that they need anything. Mm-hmm. And for two reasons, they don't want people to think that they're in it for the money, which they're not. And then they don't want them to think that they don't have the resources. But this is a lot. It's a lot to take care of six children that are coming in and out. It's it's not just six children that show up. It's two tonight and they stay for three months. And then they were four-year-olds and now there's a 19-year-old. Or, you know, like it's the, the needs just are varied all the time. Right. So uh, look for support groups because the foster parents themselves will tell you the best ways to help them. So let's just be specific to hope for kids here in Southwest Florida. What are your biggest needs? 
well, so we fund a lot of what we do because the community is so generous and they were donating all this stuff all the time. We didn't need all of it. We opened up a thrift store. And so we sell uh, furniture, clothing, everything, home goods uh, in the thrift store, which funds everything we do and it enables us to provide for the children. So anything that you have that you no longer need, we are in uh, on uh, US 41 near Island Park Road. It's the Hope CO resale store. Uh, we can pick up your furniture. You can drop your things off. Um, and then I try to put up on Facebook every once in a while, all of the uh, special things. Mm -hmm. um, and our website is being revamped. It should be launched another week. It will have on there boxes of specific children with specific needs. Mm. That's so good. So that people just know, you know, there are ways to help. I think you said it to us, Jeannie, earlier this week, we were talking and you were like, you know, I... I knew where I, I was in life and I knew what I could and couldn't do, but this is something I can do. And Correct. your work is, is, you know, giving so much to so many people, but there are people looking to volunteer, people looking to, you know, donate things. Like who doesn't love the idea that what you, what you're no longer using can help fund something and turn that into, you know, goods that can help these foster kids. So what an exciting thing. I love it. Hope for kids. In Southwest Florida, their website, hopeswfl.org. All right, Jeannie, last question, because we promised everybody tonight we'd be short and succinct. The foster care system. I heard a statistic when we had a guest on about 18 months ago from David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty said, Jim, if every church in the state of Florida adopted one child, not every family, but every church in the state of Florida adopted one child, the foster system would not be necessary because it would be empty. And maybe it would be because sure. people are shuffling all the time, but what an amazing opportunity for the church to step up. Do you see a need for more Christian families to get involved in the foster system? Oh, absolutely. There, there just are not enough foster homes at all. That, mm -hmm. I mean, that nobody can argue that that is not the case. Um, but there's, other, there's some other ways also, not just homes. There's the Guardian of Lightum program, so you would be assigned children that are in foster care and you would be pretty much their legal representative in court, making sure that all their rights were adhered to and all of their needs were met. We work with lots of guardians all the time. Um, and, and again, helping, helping us and other, there are lots of other organizations in the area that are helping foster children and families that are struggling. And so, but like you said, volunteering, uh, not just donating things that you you don't need anymore, but volunteering. The other big thing we need is mentors. Mm. I have an 18-year-old boy who wrecked his car. He's, a, he's aged out of foster care, wrecked his car. And I said, what is the greatest thing you need? Expecting him to say, I would like a new truck. He said, I would really like a man that could guide me through this point in my life because I don't know how to make some of these decisions. Wow. So just personal, we, as a church, we have to understand that people need us personally. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be perfect. We need to be somebody's friend. We need to be there for them. They need in some encouragement um, and somebody to be in their corner. These kids have nobody in their corner most of their lives. Mm. So like what area of the, of the state of Florida is that young man in? He's here. He's here. So in Southwest Florida and yep. he, okay. So if there's somebody listening to the show today, you can get a hold of Jeannie. Jeannie, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best way? Sure. 239-789-1145. One more time. 
789-1145. Okay. So we've got a huge need. Yeah. And, and some people will say, but I'm too old to get foster kids. What, what, what do you, what should they do? If they're too old, what can they do? Too old for foster kids. Um, so for us personally, you can come volunteer in the store. You can donate your things. You can mentor. We have a program that we do with the kids with camp. Mm-hmm. And then we have other activities that we do with the kids. So I always need volunteers for, if you like to cook Thanksgiving dinner, we throw a Thanksgiving dinner. We do almost 500 Christmas gifts for children at Christmas time. I always have, we always have something going yeah. on at Hope um, that we always need your help with. Mm. And there's organizations like yours across the country, isn't there? Absolutely. So, th- and so then they're looking just support for foster care families, support organizations set up to help foster care families. That's a great way to search it in your area if you're not in Southwest Florida. But in Southwest Florida, we encourage you to check out Jeannie and her team at hopeswfl.org. Hopeswfl.org. And where are you at on Facebook? Uh, we're at um, Hope, uh, Hope for Kids at Hope Community Outreach. Yes. And I have that tagged that is in our, the show. That's how to see um, what we're doing with the kids. And then to see all the great things we have in the thrift store, it's the Hope CO Resale Store. Excellent. Jeannie Garonski, thanks for being on I Work For Him this evening. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number four, him.com.